Hey there, everyone. It is Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for this week. And interestingly, coincidentally, this episode is all about scaling up. So we are at part two in the series that I'm doing about how you can break through business growth. And for those of you who listened to the last episode, which was part one, all about startup, this is the next phase in the sequence. Now, as I mentioned on the previous episode, I said I wanted to take you through what I think are the four crucial phases that you need to go through in order to create a very, very valuable business, certainly a business that is exitable, one that is going to be attractive to strategic or financial buyers. But in order to do that, you do have to go through each of the phases in order. And as much as this show has always been about scaling up businesses, I think there are things that change, evolve as the world evolves, right? So what I often say is that the time that we may have had to go through these phases a decade ago, certainly as we do it today, as I'm recording this episode, things have increased a hell of a lot in terms of pace, pretty much because the world is changing so quickly and we're getting so many more levels of disruption. Case in point, you know, we've got the onset now of artificial intelligence, chat GPT, all those sort of things hitting us, which is going to disrupt multiple industries. So the way to think about all of these phases, these breaking through business growth phases, is that you need to go through them. You need to go through them certainly in your own time and hit certain characteristics But my advice to you is if you want to build something valuable, don't stick around too long. Understand exactly what the business needs to look and feel like, what sort of metrics it has to have, and then allow yourself to progress, certainly if you want to create something super valuable. So today is all about scaling up. Now, just to go back slightly, when we talked about startup, people sort of came back off that episode and said, hey, listen, what's the figure? that I need to hit, you know, to know that I'm going from startup to scale up. Now, what I'm going to say is I'm going to give you some directional figures. It's not to say that you hit a figure and one day you're a startup and the next day you're a scale up. It's all about the characteristics and the certain things that are going on in the business. So quite often I will say this though, that if you are still trying to break through that seven figure mark, then my view is you're still in that startup phase. Some people will say that you have to go a little bit further than that. Sometimes it's into the early seven figures. But most importantly, you're still trying to find your way. Now, if you want to go through the detail of what I mean by that, go back and listen to part one of this series. But today is all about scaling up, okay? My favorite topic, obviously. And for me, this is when you are really pushing and driving your business through seven figures quite often so you can hit that eight-figure threshold. Now, why eight figures? So first and foremost, eight figures is a huge milestone to hit. Not many businesses achieve it. But once you hit eight figures and you have a reasonable amount of profitability, you're going to be generating anywhere between probably 2 million and 5 million of EBITDA. You become super attractive to private equity, particularly the lower and mid-market private equity firms. So when I work with a company, I'm often working with them through the scale-up phase into the value expansion phase and then quite often all the way through to exit because there are resources that exist within that phase. So if you're scaling up, my advice to you is to have the target of an eight-figure threshold to punch through. Of course, it's also about the profit that you're making. But if you can get through that eight-figure threshold and you're generating you know, a few million of EBITDA, you have lots of options to be able to scale quickly and do some more progressive growth strategies. But it's important to understand, I think, that you know when you get into kind of this, 
this phases approach. It's really about just understanding what you have around you. And one thing I want to talk about here is the difference between scaling and growing because it gets confused. So firstly, my opinion, growing is something that any business can do at any time, right? You measure it by revenue growth, profit growth, sometimes employee growth, all those sort of things. The key thing you have to distinguish or differentiate between scale-up is, is the growth predictable? Is it repeatable? And therefore, is it potentially sustainable? Okay, now I'll repeat that. Predictable, repeatable, and potentially sustainable. Because if you have something that can keep doing the same thing on and on again, that's where you drive the highest level of value and certainly the highest level of multiple. So when I've been involved in exits that have been you know, 10 times profit, 12 times, 14 times profit. It's been because we can prove that the business model is generating things on a predictable nature. It's repeatable. We can show evidence of those things. So when you're in a scaling phase, the key thing to be thinking about here is we're not necessarily testing what I call the core fundamentals of the business anymore. We've done that in startup. What we are doing is doubling down on the things that are working. We are optimizing the things that aren't potentially working and we're getting closer and closer to this well-defined machine that can drive that predictability, that repeatability, and as I said, it influences sustainability, okay? So that's my view on it. Now, what I wanted to do in this episode as well is go back a little bit and just look externally and say, well, how do other people define this area? Well, firstly, the Scale-Up Institute in the UK, they say to qualify as a scale-up, you must have certain criteria that have now become quite normalized. So the first of those criteria is annual growth. So a scale-up must register a team growth of more than 20% per year with at least 10 employees on permanent contracts. That's This is their view, not necessarily mine. And in terms of turnover, a scale-up is expected to generate between 1 million and 3 million. So there we are, it's through that seven-figure revenue barrier. Um, but it must have also raised at least a million if it's kind of you know needing to raise capital to scale. Now, once it reaches these milestones, it's considered no longer in the startup phase and then, of course, is in that scale-up phase. But this idea of 20% growth, so 20% growth in terms of employees, 20% growth in terms of revenue, that tends to be the metric that you know most are looking for. And quite often, they go back and say that you have to have done that over a three-year period. Okay. Now, personally, I think that is all a little bit too academic. Right? I think there are some better ways of looking at this. And the way to think of it in some cases is that you know, a, a scale-up is really nothing more than a successful startup. Okay? So if, you, if you're not going from startup to scale-up, you're probably in three things. You're either going to go bankrupt, right? like a lot of businesses do. You're going to complete an exit or you're going to merge with a large group or another scale-up or you are going to become a scale-up. Okay, so think of it like that. You are naturally going to transgress into this stage because you have to. You can't be a startup forever. And some of the businesses that remain in startup phase for too long, there's too much risk in them and they're the ones that end up not surviving. Okay, now what I personally like to see before a business thinks about going into this scale-up phase is firstly, an accomplished, settled team. Now, quite often that's a leadership team, but you have a team in place. It's not just you doing everything. It may not be a big team. Right, it's got to have at least ten employees if you go back to that startup, sorry, scale-up institute. But you've got to have a team that's settled down with some key functions and roles. Okay. Second thing is the the business has to have a proven track record of hitting milestones and priorities. So if you're still trying things out and testing all the time, 
and you're not hitting the things you've said. You're still kind of in that inventive, creative stage of scale-up, in my opinion. Third thing is you have to be in a strong financial position. So I mentioned before, it's at least seven figures of revenue, certainly early seven figures of revenue, ideally profitable, or if you're not profitable because you're a a scaling tech company, for example, you have to be well-backed. You have to have capital resources behind you. And then the last thing for me is you've got to have what I call a basic but capable infrastructure. So it's not going to be the well-oiled machine of a, of a business that's scaling and is in that scale-up phase, but you've got to have the infrastructure or the foundations that allow you to move into that phase, okay? So let me go a little bit deeper into this just so you can understand what I call the key characteristics, okay? So if you are going into scale-up, Like I mentioned on part one of this series, these are the things that I think you need to focus on more than anything else. Firstly, and most importantly, it is people. So one of the key things about scaling up versus starting up is that you have to get things done through other people. You can't do it all yourself. Some amazingly uh, successful, creative entrepreneurs can literally start a business just with energy and vision. But when you get into scale-up, those same principles don't work. And it's one of the main reasons why you see a lot of businesses have to bring in someone else to scale them. And the person who founded the business, you know, moves off to sit on the board or does something different. It's a very common thing in private equity where there is a founder that's been very successful in that startup into scale-up phase. But when you're moving from scale-up into value expansion, you need a very different type of person to come in. Someone who can lead with structure, someone who can hire people and is very clinical about how, how they can get the most out of the people they bring into the business, okay? Aligned with that is culture. So why, why do we talk about culture being so important? Why do we talk about culture sometimes being more important than strategy? Because when you're scaling, you have more people and you can't control everybody. So the culture, if you like, defined by values, behaviors, the way we get things done around here is a way of making sure that people understand what is expected of them when you can't be there monitoring, guiding, coaching them all the time. Okay, so businesses that have very strong cultures, very clear but simple strategies, and they hire the right people that fit the strategy, fit the culture, they are the ones that are successful in this phase. So one of the things I find incredibly frustrating um, from my personal perspective, but also when I work with people, is the dismissiveness necessarily or the the rigor that needs to go into hiring the right people. One poor uh, decision made around a, a person you bring into a role, it can have huge implications to how quickly you stay in certain phases or you break back into you know being less uh, successful than you were. So let's say, for example, I'm scaling up. I hire a lot of the wrong people. It costs me time and money to do that. The wrong people come in, the strategy doesn't get delivered, and all of a sudden, where I was having success in startup, I might start to struggle and start to sort of stop, if you like, or stall when I'm in the scale-up phase. So if you're not the best person around leading people, maybe you're the really strong visionary, the product person, whatever is the great salesperson, you need to bring someone in to your leadership team who is going to be that integrator, that leader. Okay, so that's the first piece. Second piece is define processes. Okay, really define processes. You have to map everything out. Okay, the reason for this is is similar to culture, really. You've got to make it clear how the business operates, what great looks like around here. Culture defines the behaviors, but it's processes that define what needs to get done, how it gets done, what you know success looks like in terms of metrics and all those sort of things, and also how there are key handoffs 
between what you're doing and someone else. Okay, so again, if you're not the best person to map processes, define processes, create SOPs, you've got to have that person in your business. And that's quite often why when you're in scale up, the entrepreneur, the first role they'll bring in is like a COO or something like that. Someone who's going to partner with them on, you know, building out the infrastructure or, you know, continuing to build out that infrastructure so that it can allow the business to do things in that sustainable, predictable and repeatable way. Now, aligned with processes is the introduction of systems and automation. Okay, so this is the third part, the third criteria of when you're in scale-up that you have to get right. Why are systems and automation so important? Well, firstly, it allows you to drive profitability, particularly automation. So if you have lots of manual processes in your business, having systems come in, right, or systems be integrated into what you're doing that allow you to automate where there are, let's say, too many human interventions or human tasks being done, A, automation allows you to speed up that process, but also quite often allows you to do it cheaper. And that's why when a business is in startup, they sometimes struggle to be profitable because they're focused so much on driving revenue through that product market fit piece. When they're in scale up, they start to become very profitable. And certainly when they move into value expansion, they become super profitable because they're starting to automate all the things that they've tested before. Now, this is where I get into kind of the fourth area here, which is investing behind what works. So again, if you're a scale up, again, you're hitting that sort of 10 million mark or you're kind of high eight figures revenue, so low seven figures in profit. Then once you get to that sort of stage, you have the capital to invest behind the things that are work. So back to that predictability, repeatability, repeatability, sustainability, you're allowing yourself to have the right level of resources to be able to put fuel on the fire of what is going to take you through to that next phase. So if a startup is really challenging, scale-up is equally challenging. And a lot of people, when they come to me, say, I want to scale-up, I want to scale First thing I say to them is, do you really want to do this? Because, like, you know, you can create a fantastic lifestyle business that sits under that sort of seven-figures revenue mark. But scaling is a very different beast. It's a different animal. But if you want to create a business that you can achieve a high-value exit from, you have to go through the scale-up phase in order to get to some of the future phases where you're going to be, as I said, an attractive business to the capital markets. Okay, final thing I'll say here on this phase as a characteristic is you've got to think about it in terms of your leadership style about letting go of ego and also being comfortable letting go of control. Now, what I said in startup, it's all about the mindset of resilience and belief. Well, it's all about letting go of ego and, and feeling comfortable letting go of control when scale up. Now, there's two really important things about this. Firstly, if ego is such a big thing for you and you feel you have to control and touch everything, you can't scale because the first principle of scale up is getting more people around you and getting things done through people. Equally, if you feel you have to control and micromanage anything, everything, then that's going to also be a bottleneck for you. So my advice to you is if that's you and that's your nature and tendency, you have to either change that or bring someone in who's going to balance that out. And quite often I say to a lot of founders, CEO founders, is maybe as you're in the scale-up phase, you need to put yourself on the board of the business, you know, so you're not necessarily running the day-to-day. And then you can go and focus on some of the value expansion, expansion ideas, which is things like strategic partnerships, acquisitions, and all of that sort of thing. Okay. So that's it for today. What I'm going to do to finish off is recommend a book that a friend of mine wrote. And I love this book because I think it's important in startup and scale-up, but it's very, very important in scale-up. 
And the book is called A CEO Only Does Three Things by my friend Trey Taylor. In fact, he's going to be coming on the show very soon, so we'll go deeper into the book. But just to give you some insight now, the three things that he focuses on in that book is vision and culture, people, everything we just spoke about, hiring, motivating, managing performance, retaining, and then numbers, measuring the key things, including things like leading and lagging indicators. So if a CEO is really only doing those three things in the scale-up phase, they're pretty much operating how they need to. But obviously, you need to make sure you've got the right people that you're bringing into the business that's going to allow you to, to move forward and project and grow, scale, and take you through to the next phases, phases of value expansion and platforming. So I'll leave it there. Hopefully, that prompts um, some questions that you can send back to me. The next one that we talk about, which is phase three of you know breaking through this, this growth barrier, is all about value expansion. That'll be coming very, very soon. But if you have got questions about this or you think, you know, I don't quite understand the transition or whatever, the most important thing to understand here is you, you feel it, right? You'll hit certain milestones and you'll start to see the business taking a different shape, okay? And the key thing to think about here is you have more people around you. You have more processes that are needed. You have more money, right? Because you've already established all of the various things from, from startup phase. And it's a very exciting part of the process, but you have to have the right people around you to make it work. Okay, I'll leave you there for today. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me, it helps the show, Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.